The Smart Start Money Podcast. If the subject is about money and life or questioning the so-called experts on the subject, we open the conversations. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This is the Smart Start Money Podcast. My name is Eric Flynn. This podcast episode, I want to talk about the recent news with oil prices and the economic impact, as well as talking about the bigger picture that no one still wants to address in the media or corporate America. It seems money, lies, and a falsehood of doing things for the greater good is what is driving the media. It doesn't matter what side of politics you are on, the truth always falls someplace in the middle. And right now, it would seem that the truth is far from ever reaching a place where people can make sense of it all. The president, according to our sources, set to ban U.S. imports of Russian crude as soon as today, and they will do that without the participation of European allies. Crude right now, 122. I had to do this podcast episode because no matter how much I try not to watch too much of the news or see too much of the lies that the media likes to to put across. And I don't claim to have all the answers to everything, but it just kind of bothers me how you see the things that are going on. And people in Washington just seem to think that people just buy what they're, what they're saying. I did a podcast last week on basically begging much of the media to start asking some of the real questions that need to be asked because it would seem that most of the media and corporate America that kind of runs things, they don't want to ask the tough questions when it really could kind of financially hurt. And some of those questions do need to be asked. And today I listened to the president come out and talk about now we're going to basically not import Russian oil anymore which is a good thing. I certainly can say that, you know, the people in in Ukraine can use help, but it really was just the way that the president tried to spin things on why we're doing it. And a lot of it, it's kind of a slap in the face to a lot of people in this country. And I want to play a few clips here real quick of what I kind of caught and then just kind of, of comment on them. Let's Today listen. I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. This is a move that has strong bipartisan support in Congress and I believe in the country. So that should be a good thing that America is no longer going to import Russian energy. However, when he goes on to say that this has large bipartisan support and the key here is I believe the support of, you know, most people in the country, how does he really know that? You know, I, I know they take polls and things, but it's not like everyone in this country got to take a vote on exactly what we wanted to do. So that is a little bothersome that basically the way he makes it sound is, you know, I'm making these decisions 
for you, which as the president and leader, he should be able to do that. But I'm not so sure that everyone, the majority feel that, hey, you know, we should stop importing this oil. A lot of people probably do, but how do you know that uh, that most don't? Americans have rallied support have rallied to support their Ukrainian people and made it clear we will not be part of subsidizing Putin's war. The problem with that comment is more than likely we are still subsidizing Putin's war, and that was kind of what I went into on the last last podcast that I did on this subject is. China's kind of flip-flopping. They're kind of waiting to see what happens, but they haven't really come out and taken a hard stance of what is going on as far as America supporting Ukraine. So China is still kind of lending a hand to Russia all at the same time that America basically takes a ton of money and imports from China. So I guess my kind of devil's advocate to that is, aren't we really still supporting Russia if China is truly supporting Russia in any way and we're still giving to China? Isn't that kind of a little circle where, yeah, we're basically still supporting the war? This made We made this decision in close consultation with our allies and our partners around the world, particularly in Europe, because a united response to Putin's aggression has been my overriding focus to keep all NATO and all of the EU and our allies totally united. We're moving forward this ban, understanding that many of our European allies and partners may not be in a position to join us. I listened to that, and I definitely kind of have some questions with that comment. Because honestly here, the U.S. imports that, yes, we uh, we did import oil from Russia, but it's not really a whole lot compared to Europe, especially. And actually, in China, Russia makes up the second largest importer of oil for them. So... I think what I'm looking here, just to kind of give you a little statistic, in 2020, the USA imported 7.86 million barrels a day from Russia, making only making up only about 7% of the oil. So yeah, it may hurt Russia by banning us importing oil, but honestly, unless... The rest of Europe kind of hops on board here and does the same. It's probably not going to make the significant impact that the president is claiming. And that's really going to be difficult for a lot of places in Europe to no longer accept oil from Russia because they get a majority of it from them. So I guess my question here is... Is it the right thing to probably no longer import oil? Yes, but if even that small amount is going to affect things here in America, why are other places likely not going to also put in their share and either limit the amount they import or just completely stop it whatsoever? Now, that may come out where some countries decide that, 
you know, we will limit the amount that we import, but we're not, they, they, there's no way that they could possibly probably seize doing it completely. This is a step that we're taking to inflict further pain on Putin, but there will be cost as well here in the United States. I said I would level with the American people from the beginning. And when I first spoke to this, I said defending freedom is going to cost. It's going to cost us as well in the United States. Republicans and Democrats understand alike understand that. Republicans and Democrats alike have been clear that we must do this. A step that needs to be done to inflict further pain. Now, that may be somewhat true, but I think unless a lot of other countries in Europe kind of hop on board as well, it's not going to inflict the kind of pain that it really should. There will be cost here in the United States as well. I've told everyone this. Now, that comment that this is what we do to stick up for freedom, and I really just want to call out the kind of hypocrisy in the whole thing because just to kind of look at the other side here again when you look at china the rights of the people in china i mean they have one of the worst records for the rights of workers and we continue to just turn a blind eye to that for cheap goods and corporate america turns a blind eye to that for cheap labor so we stand up for freedom it's in rights of people is not exactly it's not exactly correct of what he's exactly saying we stick up for the rights of people and their freedoms when it's in our best interests and when it's in our best interests financially or politically is what really needs to be said here he also makes it sound like the both sides of the aisle well, both republicans and democrats understand and I think you look at how divided the country is politically, and I think you're going to get a, a very different answer on the division of the way he's deciding to do things. I don't think that's a very accurate statement. We cut the Russians' largest banks from the international financial system and has crippled their ability to do business with the rest of the world. Now, when he says crippled their ability to do business with the rest of that world, with the rest of the world, does that include China? Because I don't think that's exactly accurate either. Major companies are pulling out of Russia entirely without even being asked, not by us. Over the weekend, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, they all suspended their services in Russia, all of them joining a growing list of American and global companies from Ford to Nike to Apple. They've suspended their operations in Russia. The U.S. stock exchange has halted trading of many Russian securities. And the private sector is united against Russia's vicious war of choice. Of course, some companies are pulling out of Russia. It's a public relations nightmare. They're doing it for somewhat of a public relations and how it looks on their company if they're to to pull out. I guess my argument to this would be, well, what about some of these same companies that are basically supporting China that has kind of not taken any stance on the whole thing, and they're almost backing Russia? Are they pulling out of China? Because that vicious circle of we're not going to support Russia financially, but we're going to keep giving to 
China. And then China is kind of behind closed doors going to help Russia. It, it's just another one of those kind of things that, that makes no sense. So companies, they're doing it for public relations. They're not doing it for basically the greater good, in my opinion. Again, I would argue that most companies and most politicians, they only do things ultimately for financial reasons. And if the USA is taking a stance on no longer importing Russian energy, then some of these companies to show favor and that they're doing the right thing also are going to no longer support Russia. And that's why that's happening. The decision today is not without cost here at home. Putin's war is already hurting American families at the gas pump. Since Putin began his military buildup on Ukrainian borders, just since then, the price of the gas at the pump in America went up 75 cents. And with this action, it's going to go up further. So here's where in when he came out to talk with the cameras, where he, tr he tries to justify the gas price and why the price of gas has been going up is basically because of the conflict with Russia and Ukraine. But the price of gas has been going up for some time now. If you look at the, the history of the price and the next part that he tries to blame the actual oil companies, it just, it blows my mind. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. In coordination with our partners, we've already announced that we're releasing 60 million barrels of oil from our joint oil reserves. Half of that, 30 billion, million, excuse me, is coming from the United States. So here he's just throwing out large numbers to make it sound better, but that amount of oil that they're going to supposedly release is not going to ease the pain very much especially as things drag on. Let me, let me say this. To the oil and gas companies and to the finance firms that back them, we understand Putin's war against the people of Ukraine is causing prices to rise. We get that. That's self-evident. But, 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 it's no excuse to exercise excessive price increases or padding profits or any kind of effort to exploit this situation or, Amer or American uh, consumers, exploit them. Russia's aggression is costing us all. And it's no time for profiteering or price gouging. So basically here he's going to blame the gas and oil companies for raising the prices and keeping the prices high. Now, I can't tell you one thing on the flip side here is the oil and gas companies, they're likely not to suffer greatly on any type of profit during this time. Um, they're not going to sell things more cheaply or help in any way in that manner, likely, because they do have shareholders to answer to, and they're not going to sacrifice their profits to, to make gas cheaper. So I don't know if that's exactly what he's calling for, because that is not a sacrifice that I believe they're going to make realistically. The way the history of basically corporations work is they've been vying for more and more profits over the years. They're certainly not going to sacrifice their profits to sell things cheaper. So I'm not sure exactly the point that he's trying to get across there, but 
the blame here is not going to completely come from gas and oil companies. We should be honest about the facts. Second, this crisis is a stark reminder to protect our economy over the long term, we need to become energy independent. I've had numerous conversations over the last three months with our European friends of how they have to be wean themselves off of us, Russian oil. It's just not, it's just not tenable. Become energy independent. There's something that I really want to kind of research a little bit farther, but my argument here is I don't think in the position we're in with particularly China, that we could ever truly become energy independent. And my argument for that is you can do all the energy updates for solar and wind and using batteries more. But in the end, right now, a lot of that technology and a lot, a lot of those things, where do you think they're coming from? And this is also pointing to the bigger picture again. Because all of that is coming from China. China is one of the largest producers of materials for solar panels. When a lot of these people talk about renewable energy, it's renewable to a certain degree. Take something like solar panels, for instance. They wear out. Things need to be replaced. There's parts that need to be updated. So it's not exactly renewable, like you put solar panels on and then for the next thousand years, energy from the sun. And the same thing could be said with wind. You know, you have wind turbines, there's parts that break, there's things that need to be replaced. And a lot of this stuff is likely coming from China. So my argument here is I wish some people in the media would start asking these questions is, okay, so we go to some of these renewable energies, but are we really going to be independent again? Because if we get into a conflict, say, with China that supplies most of these things, now we're in kind of the, the same position we would be with importing oil because we import a lot of parts and manufacturing from China for a lot of the renewables. So I'm not so sure I believe the case here that renewables is going to solve all the problems. Loosening environmental regulations or pulling back clean energy investment won't, let me explain, won't, will not lower energy prices for families. But transforming our economy to run on electric vehicles powered by clean energy with tax credits to help American families winterize their homes and use less energy, that will, that will help. And if we can, if we do what we can, it will mean that no one has to worry about the price of the gas pump in the future. So you won't have to worry about the price of the gas pump. You'll just have to worry about getting parts for your solar or wind turbines. I don't think it is a good argument that he's trying to make here. That'll mean tyrants like Putin won't be able to use fossil fuels as weapons against other nations. And it will make America a world leader, manufacturing and exporting clean energy technologies of the future to countries all around the world. So basically, we will use that renewable energy where we use source a lot of the parts that were manufactured overseas. And it, it just, it really makes no sense whatsoever. And again, no one is looking at the bigger picture here. You can talk no gasoline, you can talk, you know, renewables. The stance here is, well, now we're in this conflict 
basically. And we can rush ahead to looking to build that renewable infrastructure. I don't think that is a viable solution. It may be at some point if we can figure out a way to bring a lot of the manufacturing and technology for those renewables, bring most of it back to this country so we aren't at the mercy of another country if something should go wrong. It, it just, the arguments that this man is making is they just make no sense whatsoever. And I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on, you're probably sitting there as I am, scratching your head for from it all. Acts of subjugation. People everywhere, and I, I think it's maybe even surprised some of you all, people everywhere are speaking up for freedom. And when the history of this war is written, Putin's war on Ukraine will have left Russia weaker and the rest of the world stronger. Everybody is speaking up for freedom. Yeah, they're not really speaking up for freedom because, again, with China, um, they have some real issues with freedom. And most of, you know, America imports so many products from China. So many products are made there. And I don't really hear anybody speaking up uh, for freedom when it comes to China. In America, this is this is a really kind of big statistic that people should take into account is in America, estimates are that Chinese suppliers make up to 70 to 80% of Walmart's merchandise. It's basically leaving less than 20% of American, of American made products that are made here. So no one's really speaking up for freedom when it comes to Walmart are they? And that's because it is a big corporation that basically Washington is tied to. And another one here is, if you were thinking about Amazon, you guessed it right. Selling on Amazon, it's, it's huge in China. Chinese sellers on Amazon are estimated to make up over 63% of all third-party sellers on the platform. So again, when it comes to speaking up for, for freedom, if it's going to basically hurt money in Washington, they're not going to speak up about it. And on the last podcast, I, I just want to bring this up again in case you haven't listened to that podcast. I had a realization when it comes to Amazon is I have a friend that lives near the Orlando area and they're building a big Amazon warehouse and where I was, there's a big berm. You can't see anything. You climb to this big berm and there's acres uh, that are just decimated that used to be forest. And he looks at me and he says, you won't believe how many dead animals were lying around. So if you think about that for a minute, think how big the, 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 the Washington is right now on their renewables and their you know, clean energy and saving the environment all at the same time while Amazon is basically clearing land and building these huge warehouses and destroying the environment and, and killing animals. So how does that get done? So it just comes to the power of certain corporations in America that are running things. No one wants to ask the questions of China because basically corporate America is running this country and they're in bed with China. 
So again, I'm, I'm kind of pleading for someone to, in the media, to finally start asking questions on, on the long-term plan for things here. Because if we do get the do get through this with the conflict in Russia and Ukraine without some type of nuclear war occurring, then the bigger picture here is it's China. Because America, and particularly Washington and corporate America, they've gotten they've gotten basically drunk rich off of China. And they really don't want to to talk about it. But it's something that has kind of kind of reached the end of the road here where things need to, to really start, questions need to start being asked. If like the president's saying here that we want to be energy independent, then we can't be importing and basically selling all of our manufacturing and labor out to other other countries, we, we have to start making things here and particularly the things that go into renewable energy. So there needs to be a plan for that before this quick road to, well, we'll just go to renewable energy. And that was another thing in his talk today where he basically just says, well, we, you know, we need to push for more people getting electric cars and that's fine. But at the same time, you need to make electric cars more affordable. The problem with him just saying, well, you know, we, we need to start pushing electric cars more, basically, is, like I said, people can't afford them. I mean, people can barely afford right now to, to buy a gasoline automobile, let alone go out and purchase an electric vehicle. And again, the problem with the electric vehicles is where is a lot of that technology coming from? So we get these electric vehicles, but is, is some of that technology coming from, from China? Because if that is the case, then once again, we're in the same situation as basically we are with the, with the oil. If we don't produce oil here is we've got to import that technology. One of the things that I, I really kind of aggravated me with the news is I was flipping through the channels and... I got to to Fox and, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you're on again, because all the news stations, they, they throw out things that basically they have no idea exactly that you can't read the mind of somebody else. So basically this commentator on Fox goes into how Putin wouldn't think about shooting off nuclear weapons. Hold on a minute. Them MiG-29s. They want some F-16s that they've flown. It's our oldest jet, but our most ubiquitous. We should give them some F-16s to fly. We don't have to be in charge of any no-fly zone. We don't have to send American troops into Ukraine. And why do people think that this coward, Putin, who's hiding now in some bunker, is going to use nuclear weapons? I don't get that. If he was going to use nuclear weapons, he doesn't need us to provoke them. He can use nuclear weapons tomorrow. He can use uh, whatever he wants tomorrow, but he hasn't, and he's not going to. And neither is that Lavrov, that, uh, that long-in-the-tooth uh, crackpot uh, foreign secretary of his. So they're not going to use nuclear weapons, first and foremost, because they don't want to die. They want power. So why don't we just send jets and, and all this other stuff, what he's talking about, and... I think right now, 
I do have to say, as far as the people in Washington, this is a very delicate situation. So depending on what you send, and if you send things for air support, which basically spells out being superior in a war, is having air support. That is one of the most important things. And, and you're saying you want to just send a bunch of jets, and you don't think that's going to tip the madman off in Russia. I I seriously doubt that would be the case. I think it would probably infuriate him. Now, a second thing is here, you can't read. You just pointed out basically that this guy, Putin, is a madman, and you can't read his mind. When it comes to using nuclear weapons, my argument here would be, well, he doesn't want to die, but what if he gets into a situation where he feels like my back's against the wall, I'm going to lose and I'm going to die. You have nothing to lose. And then he decides just to, you know, he's not going to go down unless everyone else goes down with him. So I think the argument of, well, he's just not going to use him, it doesn't stand. I think to kind of sum it all up is Washington is really just disconnected from most of America. And it doesn't really matter, again, what side of the political aisle you're on. They're disconnected. And I couldn't see this more clearly when the State of the Union address was was on the television. And before it started, the news can cameras are just kind of panning around the room and these people that are running things, they're basically doing things for themselves. Most of them are at least have some type of narcissistic traits and they really could care less. I think a former presidential candidate summed it up best when, when she said this. So much devastation and incredible suffering uh, that's going on in Ukraine right now, and the world needs to condemn Putin for his actions. Uh, the thing here is that our leaders really have this F.U. attitude, and they just don't care. I think what she's saying right there is very true. And you can look at the presidency and Washington of this term, last term, when it comes down to it, they, a lot of them, they don't care and they're in it for themselves because if they weren't in it for them, just themselves, they at this time would really start to ask some of the more important questions as it relates to our relationship with China. I've seen some of the news stations start to kind of go there when it, the questions come up with China, but they, they never really have an at-length discussion. The problem is the people in Washington, they don't put the people that they represent first. They put themselves first. And that really is the bigger problem. They put themselves first and they put their financial interests first. This devastation, all of this suffering that's going on, this could have been prevented had we had leaders who put the interests of people first. Probably one of the things I find fascinating right now is typically when there's something political or something for a public relations gain, a lot of the Hollywood actors and things tend to come out and start discussing things. Now, some of them may have come out, you know, saying, oh, you know, we need to support Ukraine. and But you don't hear a lot of talk, at least not that I'm seeing on news stations and things. 
And I think they're a little bit afraid of the bigger picture of the questions that people need to start asking, which has to do with our relationship with China. Because so many of these people make so much money from China. They don't want to talk about it. So they're kind of protecting their own interests, just as Washington is. So once again, I'm asking anyone in the larger media that's listening to this podcast that some more questions need to start being asked, particularly how it relates to the long-term plan for renewable energy. And also, what is the plan to solve the problems at home? Because the big picture here is the relationship that we have with China. If America is going to start making sacrifices on the renewable energy side, and we're basically going to be pushed into suffering at the gas pump and buying electric cars much sooner, then maybe people in Washington and corporate America need to suffer a little and look at the big picture as well. And that is bringing a lot of things back to America for manufacturing and to make things that we can here at home. It should not be a direct surprise that oil and gas prices in this country, they affect everything because most things are either put on a truck or an airplane to get delivered somewhere. So each person in America kind of taking on the, the brunt of everything, that's fine. But I really do think that Washington and corporate America also needs to start feeling the pain a little when it comes to their interests and finally looking out for the interests for people in America. Thanks for listening to the Smart Start Money podcast. If you like the podcast, please remember to subscribe. You can also visit the website at smartstartmoney.com for articles on life and money. Let me know your thoughts on the recent news with the what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. You can send any comments or questions directly to me at eric at smartstartmoney.com. On the next podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about the Major League Baseball lockout. It seems the millionaires and billionaires of sports leagues have forgotten who their real employer is, and that is the fans.